Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and today we're talking about the Olympics. It's officially 2024, the Olympic year, meaning that there is only six months until the 2024 U.S. Olympic trials in June and seven months until the Olympic Games in Paris. But preparation for both of these competitions started well before January 1st. Swim Swam sat down with the head swimming Olympic coaches for the 2024 Games, Todd DeSorbo and Anthony Nesty, to get their takes on how they get their athletes ready, both collegiate and professional, for an Olympic year. Swimming at the Olympic Games takes place in a 50-meter pool, a competition format that is recognized and used by every country in the world. However, in the United States, much of the swimming community trains and competes using 25-yard pools, a format that is unique to the U.S. This is the format for high school swimming, much of competitive club swimming, and most prominently, collegiate swimming in the NCAA. Todd DeSorbo, the head coach of the University of Virginia swim team, and Anthony Nesty, head coach of the University of Florida's swim team, train both collegiate and professional swimmers on their teams. Both coaches see benefits for training and competing in both 25 yards, known as short course, and 50 meters, known as long course. For Nesty, the facility at Florida has a 25-yard pool, a 25-meter pool, and a 50-meter outdoor pool all of which his team uses, rotating which training groups use which pool each practice. We're fortunate enough that we, the way we're set up from August on was um, uh, the shallow end is short course meters, the deep end is short course yards, and we're fortunate enough to have five lanes long course, which university owns, and it's, it's heated in the winter. So, But we try to put a group in there three to four, four days Let's say we have nine practices. Um, I would like each group to have at least three three sessions long course. Distance guys go an extra one, so they, they get the fourth one. I like the mix between long course, short course meters, and short course yards. It's, it's, it's different stimuli um, that the athletes go through, and, uh, and this is the first time I've done it. Um, and I really like the change from, you know, from each course, what, what it adds. While there are many swimmers who prefer one course over the other, both Nesty and DeSorbo, who you'll hear now, find benefits from using both styles of training. I think as a coach, you just have to decide that training long course is going to make you a better short course swimmer, you know, and, and vice versa, right? Training short course is going to make you a better long course swimmer. And if you buy into that and you believe that, then it's going to be good. You know, we've got plenty of people who won't go to Olympic trials that could go, you know, like you know, people that are going to graduate this year and maybe want to end at NCAAs and that's fine. Um, but doing, you know, training long course is only going to help them, right? Because swimming long course helps you be a better swimmer. And certainly short course is a lot more about the walls and underwaters. Um, and so as long as you're, I think as long as you're balancing the two and you're still getting everybody what they need for, for the walls and the underwaters in the short course side of things, you know, training the long course is great because at some point, even even if you might be kicking out the 15 meters on every wall, at some point you are have to come up because there's a, a legal rule that says be up by 15. You've got to swim. 
And even if you're only swimming, you know, seven seconds of a 20 second race, if you're a better swimmer, then that seven seconds is going to be better and faster. So, you know, I, I don't think that having more of a long course focus or training more of long courses is going to be detrimental to the short course by any means. And, and again, and vice versa. I mean, you know, there's a club team in town here, local club team, Cavalier Aquatics that, that I'm a part of, and they don't train long course at all, ever. It's they have a short course pool. They train short course. They had an athlete make the world championship team in long course. So as long as, you know, like there's a million with one different ways to do it. Um, but, I think if you have access to a long course water, then you're going to take advantage of it. A typical college training season for swimming starts in August with competitions starting in late September. This lasts until February when conference championships occur and ultimately concludes with the NCAA championships in mid to late March. The quote unquote long course season then begins in April with Olympic trials occurring in mid June and the Olympic games quickly following in late July. How do DeSorbo and Nesty balance their training seasons to make sure their athletes are getting the prep they need to compete at conference championships, NC2A championships, and the Olympic trials? As a coaching staff, we're putting more, more emphasis on the long course. So it's not, not that, you know, the, not that the kids aren't, but I don't want, I don't want the team and the athletes to be worried about it at all. Right. Like I want them to just listen to us work as hard as we're asking them to work, give the effort that we're asking them to give, hold the stroke counts we want them to hold, whatever it might be, like work hard, we're, we're going to give you, we're going to build the program and put you in a great position to be good at NCAAs as well as Olympic trials or, or whatever else, you know. Um, but, you know, what I talked to a lot of our national team members about the beginning of this school year was, like, we're going to, we're going to build training programs that are going to be focused on getting you better long course today on September 1st, rather than thinking about it on April 1st, post NCAAs. Um, and, and I think in order to do that, you got to train more long course. So, you know, we're doing things in, in training that are definitely focused on being, being at our best at Olympic trials in June. I don't want to do too much long course and I don't want to put too much of a focus on it but I want to put just enough because um, I don't, I don't want them thinking too much about the end game. Certainly I want them to be motivated and I want them to work hard, but I'd rather them be using the NCAA season to get motivated, excited and work hard. And then just let us build the training program. That's going to allow them to be good in March and in June and July. Take Gretchen, for example, you know, typically her long course seasons have, she starts off fairly slow mm -hmm. and and I mean, literally, right? Like in the last two years, her first long course meet, she's gone 56 and 100 free. Um, like 55 is a really good swim. But I literally think the last two years, her first swim of the season has been 56. And so it's like, all right, let's not go 56 the first swim of the season. <laughs> and she went 53.9, which is like, oh, great starting point, right? Um, so that's kind of like that's kind of like the mindset right it's like all right let's not start our long course season in april let's start it in let's start it now and go and build from there the focus there for me in the fall is is, is put the bulk of our training in because i'm i'm, I'm a 
we have a good fall with, with, with good racing. Unfortunately, the pros, they didn't have many meets to, to compete in, but uh, however, the, the, the college guys did. Um, kudos uh, to the college season. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't travel a lot with the pros, so they got hurt a little bit as far as racing is concerned. It kind of showed a little bit uh, at the Open, too. But o- overall, uh, the focus for us is, is to get enough base in for the fall that uh, in, the, in the spring we can do different things, um, uh, throttle back on, on a lot of things that we do. I'm not too worried about fitness at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm probably more worried about the race speed that we have on a day-to-day basis and, and, and how well we maintain the speed throughout the set, how well we split our races and dual meets uh, for the college guys and, then of course, uh, the pro series meets for for the pros and you know the most important thing is uh with, with the bulk of the training in the fall uh, you still want to have your stroke efficiency in addition to the added long course training emphasis there is also more long course racing opportunities that pop up in an olympic year at the tennessee invite a mid-season November meet, which is formatted similar to the NCAA championships where athletes can practice their championship season event lineups, DeSorbo had the idea of swimming prelims long course. Yeah, it's actually my idea. Um, I'm giving it away now. Um, my team's going to be mad at me. Um, but I don't know that they were big fans of it. Not all of them, but um, I had I had suggested to Matt Kredich a while ago. I was like, hey, why don't we do long and short and long in the morning mainly because we needed to do relays short course you know for ncaa qualification and stuff and so you know we needed to go long in the morning and then go short in the afternoon um for finals and but anyway i mean i thought it was great you know it was actually a a lot better than i uh had hoped it was going to be um you know i think everybody there from all the teams really attacked a long course and certainly you know in, in the ncaa not everybody is you know inclined to be super pumped about long course um you know a lot of mo- most people mo- in, in nationally are in the ncaa for short course um you've got a, a small group of people who have the ability to make an olympic team or a national team or things like that and those people certainly are but i think all the teams there embraced it and it was really good and um you know i think just having the opportunity to race more long course throughout the season is important you know, it's always important, but it's more important this year than than ever. I've never done a meet where where we've had that mix. Um, mm. I've seen meets before where it was short in the morning and long at night. I, I much prefer the way we did going long in the morning, short at night. Um, you know, especially at a midseason invite where there's not as much pressure to be fast in prelims. You know, our our invite, we always go to the Tennessee invite. It's a great meet. They do a great job. And, it, and it's always a smaller meet. There's only like typically four teams. And so making it back to getting a night swim is not like we, we always go to the D final as well. So like, you know, most people are going to make it back. So there's not this pressure to swim fast in prelims. Um, you know, and we, we try to, you know, we put an emphasis on trying to get them to swim fast in prelims because at NCAAs, most people are going to have to go, you know, lights out in the morning to make it back at night. Right. Like you can't, sandbag it um but uh you know i definitely liked it better you know doing long course in the morning and short course in the afternoon in particular for people who maybe aren't as um aren't putting as big of an emphasis on the long course 
then they can just kind of swim their long course race in the morning and get ready to be really good at night in, in short course. Um, whereas if it was vice versa, then it was like, then it would be like prelims is over. Now I don't, you know, I'm not putting as much of a focus on, on the final, you know, we, and so at, at the mid, at the mid season invite, typically for us, we do put more of a focus on finals. Um, and so to have it short course be finals is, is better, um, as, from, from a holistic team perspective. Cause it is a meet where we have our entire team at, right. It's not your select 18 or your limited number. It's the entire team. And so, you know, we, we just put a little bit more of a focus on night swims there than we do the morning swims. Florida attended the Georgia mid season invite, which went with the traditional college format of all short course racing for prelims and finals. Nesty feels that too much long course racing can tire an athlete out and that the type of racing his college athletes get within the NC2A season is a good primer for the summer competitions. In terms of his professional athletes, which include Olympic champions Katie Ledecky, Caleb Dressel, and Bobby Fink, Nesty will send them to the Pro Swim Series, a series of monthly long course meets across the U.S. hosted by USA Swimming from January to April. He's also open to short course racing opportunities for the pros if it fits within their training schedule. Racing a lot of long courses, I think it's, it can be too much. I believe that swimming short course is, you know, helps the long course and the long, you know, racing long course helps the short course. So um, for the pros, they, they're kind of locked in into long course because all of the pro series meets. But uh, we're, we are going to, for the pros, sake, we, we are going to find a short course meet if we can find one depending on where it falls in, in, our, in our training cycle i think racing is racing is racing um, short course racing is awesome and, but but if you mix it in with long course as well i think it's beneficial for you know your your speed short course yards and and, and you know your speed long course meters so pros got hurt a little bit because we can swim them uh, exhibition but it's still not the same <laughs> you know as as as, it, as, as being in a, in a meet environment with with other people around you swimming in traffic the bottom line is that racing short course and, and long course is a good thing racing a lot of long course i, I think it, 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 it kind of can hurt you too one unusual competition that is happening just next month is the world championships which is held in long course in doha long course world championships are typically held every odd year at the same time as the Olympics in late July, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the 2021 World Championships were postponed and pushed all the way to February of 2024, just four months before the U.S. Olympic trials. None of Nesty's athletes from Florida are opting to attend the meet, and only three athletes from Virginia, none of whom are competing for the college team this season, are headed to Doha. Nesty gave his athletes the choice of whether they wanted to go or not, but did advise caution when making the decision. It's, it's something we've never done before, um, having a world championships in, in February. And, you know, I, I don't want to do things that, I, that I'm not used to, you know, a couple of months, you know, prior to the athletes' biggest meets, biggest meet ever of their careers. Because every time you go to Olympic trials, is that your last one? Is that going to be your best one? I'd rather go into that meet prepared from, from, September, you know, through through June. Racing is always a good thing. Racing at that level is always a good thing, but by the same token, Olympic U.S. Olympic trials is a different beast. When I get to the trials, I don't, I don't want any stones unturned. I mean, we, we, 
you have to be locked and loaded. You got to be ready to go. And I uh, don't want to interrupt for training. Like representing your country is kind of the highest thing you can do as an athlete. But by the same token, um, if you if, if you want to be, this is, again, my opinion, if you, if you want to put all the eggs in one basket and, and, and do whatever you can to be at the best in June and then uh, to be the best uh, at the Olympics, uh, sacrifice is going to have to be made. I'm not saying it's the right thing because uh, the athletes that make the Olympic team, they're, they're, they're going to have to race at a high level twice here, three times here, and then they have to do that again four, I mean, five weeks later. Would a world championship hinder that? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Kids in college do it all the time, right? You know, they, they go to the conference meets in February, but, 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 you know, world championships is a different animal. You have to travel, especially it's a long haul uh, where, where world championships is, and you got to take that in consideration. And there's a lot can happen when you travel long distances, and I, I don't want to prevent that. Obviously, if it, it was if it was a must, I would suggest them to, to take the trip, but by the same token, think real hard of... of, of the what ifs. I just left it up to them and, and have them make their decision. The pros, especially, I mean, they've done enough racing, especially the ones that are at the height of their game or, or a little older. They don't have many chances to to put in the work to, to, to see what they can do. And another thing for those those athletes competing at that level is the pressure too. And nowadays too, there's a lot of money involved. Should I go? Should I not go? Should I train? I don't fault those athletes for going to those, those meets and, and competing go by the same token. It's a weird spot. It's far away. Some people like to race, uh, especially at big meets, and race when you're tired and uh, fatigued. But by the same token, doing different things to get you ready for, for, for those meets so you could see the improvements that you've made uh, technically, splits-wise, racing-wise. I'm a big believer that uh, the older you get, you can't sharpen your knife as much as you would like. I mean, the older you get, you gotta you gotta ch choose your your meat wisely. You know, if you have a chance to 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 be the best you can be at the end of the summer, I, uh, you know, I, I think you have to do everything you can to to give yourself that chance. So, what does it take to be the best when it matters most? As Nessie said, the U.S. Olympic trials, by many estimations, is the most pressure-filled meet in swimming. DeSorbo has tried to make it less so by putting more of an emphasis on his team's performance, much like a college meet, than by any individual's performance of actually qualifying for the U.S. Olympic team. One, I think that at least at the, at the higher levels, those who have aspirations to challenge for Olympic spots are, are motivated by that. And if you're not, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, so you know, there's not, there's not this need to, to be like, find, do things or, you know, find things to do that get them motivated. Um, you know, but the team, the overall team has goals as well. Like not only goals for the conference championship meet and NCAA championship meet, but of, you know, having a certain number of Olympic trial qualifiers and having a certain number of semifinal swims and final swims at trials as a team. Um, and so I think the team takes a lot of pride in knowing that, Hey, we're going to go to trials with 40 people. Like that's pretty cool. Um, you, then you, then you turn in at, you turn a very individual competition into a team competition. And I think anytime you can, you can change a very individual sport, which swimming is into a more of a team sport, 
it, everybody elevates. And so, you know, we, you know, we've got, you know, pretty much like basically the goal is to have everybody, every single person on our team qualify for Olympic trials. Um, you know, and so, you know, everybody's very motivated to, you know, to train long course this year more than ever, because we've got this massive team goal, you know, to do that. We have a one girl who's a sophomore who, um, Izzy Bradley, she's a local, she, she grew up here in Charlottesville and she's a backstroker and, and she has gone within a half a second of the Olympic trial cut on her backstroke eight times now. Um, like she was at us open last week. She time trialed at once, swam it twice in prelims and finals, like literally every single time. And so, like, she's so motivated to get it, but also so frustrated, which is great. Like, I'm glad she's frustrated, right? Like if she wasn't frustrated means then she, that means she doesn't care. Um, so the frustration shows that she cares and the willingness to continue to try. And, you know, not that like at us open, she was tapered to do it, but at least I would, you know, this past summer, she was tapered to do it and still miss, you know, but I feel like she's t taking steps forward now because she got within two tenths of it at the us open, um, you know, not being tapered. So she should be able to get it. <laughs> the culture that we've tried to build here is one of, you know, you don't have to be an Olympian to carry yourself like an Olympian. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.